Welcome everyone to the debut edition of the Catalan Autocast. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe. Um, or if you're listening in podcast form, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, and leaving a review helps out as well. For those of you who uh, have been around these parts with Couch Potato Diary, I said last week that I had an announcement coming. This is it. Uh, I'm going to be doing some team-specific podcasts for the teams that I follow most closely in the the major sports. Uh, We'll go into more detail on it on the regular flagship show, but yes, Couch Potato Diary is now turning into the Couch Potato Diary Sports Podcast Network. Um, I'm I'm super excited about this and really, really looking forward to being able to do a bit more of a deep dive on basically my favorite teams throughout the the rest of the year. Um, And that, that starts today with the Blue Jays one here on the Catalanado cast. A tribute to MVP Baseball 2005 GOAT and just all-around great utility player and just all-around great Blue Jay, Frank Catalanato. Um, but this is this is going to be an every Monday thing, reacting to what we saw on the weekend, getting ready for what's to come throughout the week. Uh, that's going to be throughout the baseball season. That's what we'll be doing. I'll have more details coming up on regular Couch Potato Diary tomorrow. Don't want to get into too much detail, um, just if you just happen to be tuning in for the Blue Jays. But um, if you are here for the first time, just a little bit about me. I was on sports radio out here in Calgary, Alberta for the better part of 10 years, and then due to the ever-changing nature of the sports radio landscape. Uh, my services were no longer required uh, from a radio station that has now brought me back to freelance for them. But that's neither here nor there. I um, my, my fir- One of my first shows that I did there was a show called MLB Central, and that was my first real chance to uh, kind of flex this talking muscle that I have, um, the, the analytical thinking behind uh, a lot of my, my baseball takes, and so that was a, a good place to spread my wings, and I want to get into it. I... Um, most people out here would know me from talking about hockey, but baseball is my, my first true love. I grew up in a a Blue Jays household watching Labatt Blue Jays baseball, uh, while getting frustrated that the Jays games weren't on instead of the Pesky NHL playoffs. Um, I played all throughout school and stuff, uh, even in the, uh, the, the hit run and throw that they give the baseballs for. Um, there we go. Um long time ago. But, um, yeah, I uh, also have a, a ball on my desk autographed by a few blares from the 1998 Toronto Blue Jays, tossed to me by Dan Plesak. So, um, uh, yeah, j- just all of that to say, I, I, I love baseball, I love the Blue Jays, I am so excited to, to be getting a little bit more into this here, and to be breaking this all down. So this is going to be an every Monday thing going forward. Um, and we start today off of a uh, 8-4 win by the Toronto Blue Jays over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just a few early spring training thoughts. And this is something I've been burned on in the past. It's something that is very easy to talk about uh, at the, the early part of spring training. But I do really think that there is legitimately a bit more of a mature approach at the plate by this Blue Jays team. And I, I think nowhere does that get signified even more than by the big addition of the offseason, Justin Turner. Now, it is frustrating that that is the big addition of the offseason, but I do think that this is a Blue Jays team that is going to look in the the Turner approach, where you're not going to get out of, like, I I have a a pitch and a location that I'm looking for, and if it's not there, I'll wait for the next one, and wait for the next one, and then it's two strikes, okay, now let's change things up a little bit. Um, I think this Blue Jays team rode that roller coaster a lot, and when it got into the down parts a season ago, I think they tried to slug their way out of it, and as has been pointed out throughout um, the, the first couple of games, this isn't this isn't that team anymore, right? You lose Teoscar Hernandez, you lose Lourdes Goriel Jr., and you 
basically replace them with defensive replacements, um, this team isn't going to smack the ball all around the yard, right? Um, they're going to need to string a few hits together, and with that, you're going to need to have a bit more of a patient approach at the plate. And so the Blue Jays have been able to do that. I think another part where this is going to benefit them um, in the upcoming season is those situations where they're looking for add-on runs. I, I think they would go up one or two, and it's, okay, well, we have a lead, so I can just try to... <laughs> and it... It didn't work. Um, I think this is going to be an approach that helps them get to the playoffs. I think this is going to be an approach that helps them in playoff time. And I, I think this is the, the right way to go about things for this Blue Jays team. And for Justin Turner, he is going to be that guy who has seen all of the different scenarios that you can go through in Major League Baseball. And I know Springer is kind of supposed to be that guy, but I do think Springer rides the emotions a little bit as well. Turner, I, I just get the sense a little bit more like, Okay, we've seen this. We can work our way through this. We, we, I know, I know this one before. I can do that. We, we do this, that, and the other thing. He can just be a bit more of a calming influence when things are going great. Springer's awesome because he's smiling and he's diving and everything like that. But when it's it's not going great, he can get a little bit frustrated. And I'm sure Turner is not immune to being frustrated. But I do think he is going to help out in in that sense. Um, the the other thing that I've liked so far. Oh, also, just one last note on Turner. Um, he has been living this mantra so far, right? Like he, I think they said in in the first three at bats of the spring so far, he's seen like twenty pitches. Um, he he is going to be that guy who makes pitchers work, and you absolutely love to see that from the middle of the Blue Jays order. Someone who's going to be very important to this team this year, who apparently has taken on a leadership role with the club, is Bo Bichette. He um apparently talked to the team before the the season started. And he, he talked to the media before the season started, like, look, this is the first time people have been doubting us. This is the first time where there aren't those, like, World Series expectations. This team has been, um, in terms of betting odds anyway, a World Series one of the World Series favorites the last couple of years. And they've won as many playoff games as I have. Now, no, uh, there are places that don't have the Blue Jays in the playoffs even right now. And quite frankly, when you see how it's gone the last couple of years, I don't know how you could blame them. So this is this is such an important year for this Toronto team. And Bo Bichette has come in and started it right by like talking to the team, but also at the plate. He seems like he's in midseason form already. Um, and that's an overused saying, and he's probably not. But he is squaring up balls really well. That swing is like already... Automatic, right there. Right where you'd want to see that in, like, June or July. Um, he's barreling balls. He is getting some excellent contact. I, I like the, the takes even as well. Like, he's... I, I just... I really like what I've seen from Boba Shett the first couple of games of spring training. Again, it's the first couple of games of spring training, right? Like... It is what it is. But from what we've seen so far, I've liked what I've seen. Last one that I like that I've seen, and then we'll get into some uh, battles that we're looking for this spring. Uh, Dalton Varsho is, I think, having uh, a very good spring. And he talked about, like, the challenges coming into last season and blah, 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 blah. He is so important to this team. Um, you talk about, like, that this team isn't that, like, let's go out and just hit the hell out of baseballs because Teoscar Hernandez left, because Lourdes Goriel Jr. left. I'm not saying Varsho needs to become Lourdes or Teo at the plate, but Varsho needs to have a much better season offensively for this team to do anything. Once you get past Turner, it can't just fall off a cliff for Toronto this year. It just simply can't, or that they're not going to be able to compete with the you, you saw just the the Yankees just had the middle of their order in the the, the spring training game. 
that they played against uh, New York on Sunday. And it's it's Soto, it's Judge, it's Rizzo. Um, they didn't have Stanton. You don't have Torres in there. DJ LeMahieu came on in the second half of the season. Like, the lineup is very good. You're not going to be able to compete with that with four dudes and then hope that Espinal runs into something. They need the bottom part of the order to step up, and I think Varsha was going to be that guy who a lot of that hinges on this season. But I've, I've liked what I've seen so far, at least, in the spring with him. Um, some of the battles that we're looking for this spring. I think the main one is um, who's the right-handed batter playing second base this season. Biggio probably has the lefty portion of that on lockdown. And again, he can play uh, in the outfield as well. He can play first in a pinch. I thought he played a very good third base last season. And I would be comfortable if he ends up being... Um, a, like, not the everyday third baseman, because that's probably, uh, Kiner Falefa, which, by the way, the Yankee broadcast, when, when, um, Michael Kay said that, and you could hear a bit of a, and he'll be the third baseman this year, it was like, oh, fuck you guys, but also, uh um, I like IKF. I, I was big on him a couple of years ago with Texas, and I thought when he went to the, the, the Yankees in the Donaldson trade, I was like, man... The Yankees kind of just stole one here, and that's really frustrating. And he just, he didn't work in New York for whatever reason. But I think he's going to be an interesting glove there at third. Uh, but he can move around a little bit. Biggio is going to be spelling him at third base from time to time. So who's the right-handed guy at second base? I think probably right now the favorite is Espinal. But I don't want it to be. I I'm, I would much prefer David Schneider in this spot. And it's not just because of the mustache and the, the fun that we had last season with, with David Schneider providing a spark that this Blue Jays team needed. I think I think there's more upside with him. I think that there is um the the, the all-star Espinal that we saw a couple of years ago just isn't isn't here. So this is going to be a player that um, you, you kind of know what he is. David Schneider, he makes the diving play in left field, so you, you, you're comfortable in a pinch putting him in the outfield. Um, he can play all around the diamond, as Espinal can as well, but Schneider is a bit cheaper, and I do think that he he just provides a bit of a spark that Espinal doesn't necessarily provide. I do wonder how legitimate of a chance Elvis Martinez has of making the big league roster. It probably like it's probably not much of a, a chance, but the one thing you wanted to see from him so far in spring training, he's shown in every at bat but one, and that's improved patience at the plate. Um this is a guy who ran into 28 home runs last year and almost had 100 RBI between a couple of different levels. Um, he's 22 years old, which seems quite young, but we have seen a lot of young players step up and really provide a bit of a spark for for some of these teams. They, they, Jay's just played a team today in the Pirates that, that had one um, with, with Cruz, right? And we, we've seen it all over baseball where these young kids come up and can compete right away. I think I I genuinely believe Arelvis can be that guy. They have him playing second base full time. He seemed okay um, at second base in the limited time that we've seen him. Again, it's three spring training games. I don't want to overreact, but I just I wonder if he has a good spring and shows because like he can obviously hit the shit out of a baseball, but if he can be a guy who has a again, talk about it, that patient approach to the plate instead of swinging at everything, then I think this is going to be someone who legitimately could help this Blue Jays offense and honestly could be the number five or six hitter for this team if he can kind of, like, figure all of these things out. The power is obviously there. The hit tool is great. Uh, defensively, I think he's fine. It's just that eye. And you, you saw a bit of the immaturity in his, his first stint, um here of the spring, where he, he walked, I, I believe it was on four pitches, and then his next at bat, you could tell, I don't care if they 
burrow this one under the ground. I am swinging at it. And he ended up grinding out. Like, it wasn't a bad pitch to swing at. Wasn't a great pitch to swing at. And that's not what this Blue Jays team is going to be looking at for first pitches. But after that, he has settled in. He has been taking his walks so far this spring. I just wonder if there is a legitimate path for Arelvis Martinez to be able to make this big league club right out of camp. I would not be surprised in the slightest if we um, see him at some point this season, but I do wonder if there's something there for him right at the start here of um, of the regular season. I, I just I, I feel like I feel like he he has what it takes. Um, gonna have to see more of it for sure. So right now, if it were me, and it's not, but if it were. Um, it would be Davis Schneider who would be the, the righty in the platoon at second base with, with Kevin Biggio because he can play some of the outfield spots as well. I'm more comfortable using him as a pinch hitter coming off of the bench as well. Um, I would rather go with Schneider and then one of the other outfielders instead of like basically Schneider or Biggio being your, uh, your fourth outfielder and having Espinal and Schneider or whatever. I would rather move Espinal for something, whether it's starting pitching depth, whether it's just salary relief, um, or for another outfielder, because th that does seem like a need right now. Like, this team, I think, has three major league outfielders. Um, I, I don't think Nathan, Nathan Lucas is it. Uh, Cam Edom has so far to go with the bat. The one that's intriguing is Baroa. Um, he has been an absolute speed demon so far. He's not, like... You haven't seen a ton of him with the bat, but he is just kind of a get on and see what happens. Like you, you wish he could steal first, but his on base percentage in the minors, I think it was around 350 um, last season. So he obviously has at least a bit of an eye that he can get himself on base. But right now it feels like the fourth outfield spot is basically like the, um, the wise spot, right? Where it's just like, you're fast. Or Joey Gathright is another one. Um, you're very fast. You, you just run. Um, and I, I like having a speed guy on the bench. I don't like that it's just the fourth outfielder. Um, but, uh, right now, so if you could move Escobar, to, to, I, I spiraled off on a few things there, sorry. Um, if you co could move Santiago Espinal for a fourth outfield type, a cheaper fourth outfield type, I would feel very good about that. And then have Schneider as your everyday second baseman. Um, honestly, it's, the left-handed platoon guy is generally the everyday second baseman, so it would probably be Biggio as the, uh, the the everyday second baseman, and then Schneider as kind of your utility guy, and going from there. I would be surprised if Vogelbach doesn't make this team. Um, he didn't look overly inspiring in the first outing against the Yankees, but you know what he is. Um, he's going to run into some absolute bombs. He is a power bat this Blue Jays team doesn't have anywhere else. Um, it's a lefty bat that, that can come off of the bench in some situations. Um, say you, you are facing a, a tough righty, um, or you're facing a tough lefty, sorry. So Biggio is out, and you have Schneider in, or you want to pinch hit for Kiner Falefa late in the game with a, a lefty bat, and Vogelbach is there. It, it just, I would much prefer that and let Spencer Horowitz continue to work it out. I actually like Horowitz a little bit, um, but I, I think that there is still, there's still some development for him to get down at the AAA level. So I, I think Vogelbach kind of fits that need in a, a very substantial way. Um, Escobar so far, again, it's it's like three at-bats in the preseason. I'm not going to go too far, but Escobar is going to need to really prove it to be able to make this team. Like they, Escobar getting on this roster means you have to make an uncomfortable situation, uh, or an uncomfortable decision, sorry, whether it is with Schneider or with Espinal or with whoever. Um, but it, yeah, if, if Escobar is making this team, it would be a bit of a surprise and it would make 
make them have to do something. And so he has to be undeniable. And again, in two at-bats, he hasn't been so far. But uh, a lot of spring left to go. The pitching staff does kind of feel set a little bit. Like, I, I think they have... Um, they're, they're starting five. It would be... It's not out of the realm of possibility that Manoa again pitches himself out of the rotation. Um, and Rodriguez, the the new guy who they brought in um, from Cuba by way of Japan, um, it, it maybe he is just like right ready to go as your number five starter. But I, I think he probably has a spot locked in, in as kind of a, a long relief guy in the bullpen. And so after that, like you have Bowden Francis, um, who, who pitched very well for this team a season ago, who I, I'm still not 100% sold on, but results are what they are with Bowden Francis from a season ago. Um, he would kind of be like your number six in the organization, but starts out in, in AAA. Um, Ricky Tiedemann, um, unfortunate that he gets scratched in his first start from the uh, of the spring, but he is someone who can be a depth arm as well. But I think the five are probably Gosman, Barrios, Kikuchi, um, Bassett, and then probably Manoa with either or with with Francis in the minors. Um, if you need an emergency start, Rodriguez could be that guy. Richards could be the guy as well. The one who I don't know where there's room for right now is Nate Pearson. Um, he. Didn't look spectacular in his first spring training outing. He couldn't get through the inning in his first outing of the spring. Again, it's the spring. Um, I'm not basing it on that. The one thing that you could maybe look at is if you do have Rodriguez in there, it kind of makes Richards uh, redundant. And so that would be that that could maybe be a move where he comes out and, and Pearson is in and either Richards is just DFA'd and he's gone um, or if he can get sent to the minors, I don't know. But um, so th there is a little bit that you can play around with it, but it does kind of feel like the starting rotation is set unless Manoa is an absolute disaster or Rodriguez or Tiedemann are just, again, absolutely undeniable. Just another couple of quick thoughts here before I get to um, the, the Chapman-Bellinger business here. I... Um, again, I don't want to overreact to too many things. Uh, Yanis's Cabrera is fine. I really like, again, one outing, I know. I really liked Brendan Little, um, uh, a lefty. I believe he was out of the Cubs organization. I might be wrong on that. Um, I thought he had a really live arm for a lefty, uh, just uh, in general, uh, a really, really live arm. And I, I think he could provide just a, another guy with a bit of velocity coming out of this bullpen for Toronto. And that would make it, uh, I, I think he's, he's, Odds are he's probably starting the season in the minor leagues, but if there is an injury to Meza or um, Genesis, then I, I think watch out for Little, because I, I think there's something there that he can be that lefty that really causes some problems because of the, the movement that he has and the, the life that he has on his pitches. I just, I really liked what I saw from him in his one spring outing. Again, one spring outing. One of the big conversations around uh, baseball has been some of these big free agents that are still available. One of them comes off the market in Cody Ballinger signing a three-year, $80 million deal. And that has led a lot of people to wonder, would the Blue Jays or someone do that with a Matt Chapman? Um, Chapman apparently turned down four years, $100 million from the Blue Jays at some point in the offseason. I would be stunned if he gets better than that at this point. And so if you wanted to give Chapman a basically the same as Bellinger. Maybe it's a little bit more AAV than, than what you were looking at at basically $25 million a year um, for, for Chapman. But you give him three years instead of five and like you do three at 80. Let's say like three at 75 even. Um, I, I would do three at 75 tomorrow. Three at 80, I would seriously consider it. 
I, I like I said, I, I think Connor Falefa can be fine at third base. He won a gold glove there a few seasons ago. Um, but I really think that Chapman would be a bit of an upgrade. And you, you look at a lot of the numbers, and he was barreling a lot of balls last year that just happened to, to you know, not go where they needed to, but he, it seemed like he had quite a bit of luck go against him a season ago with the Blue Jays, and he is an elite defensive third baseman, and, like, we're, we're talking about filling up the back of this lineup with, like, guys who are pinch runners, basically. You get Chapman, he's your everyday third baseman. I do think he is going to have a bit of an offensive upgrade, as long as he's not dealing with the injuries he had a year ago. Um, you put him at third base, Kiner Falefa now becomes basically your everyday second baseman or the second base platoon with, uh, with Vigio, he can move, both those guys can move all around the diamond. Uh, maybe Schneider starts in, in the minors. Again, you're trading Espinal, um, in this situation. I just think it makes, it just makes everything better, right? Like it, it's, it, it, it lengthens the lineup a little bit, although again, he struggled at times, uh, but I do think some of that was injury related. It lengthens the lineup. It makes you extremely reliable defensively all around the diamond. And I, I think it makes your, it turns what right now is a 25 man roster into a 26 man roster. That's basically what it does. Um, and so I, I think it is really, really intriguing. The thought of doing that type of a deal with, uh, a Matt Chapman. And I wonder like, could you just do like the, the Semyon trade? Like, Hey, you know what, man? One for 30, come on in. Like, I can understand not wanting to go five if you think, like, Barger could be a guy at third base or, or something like that. Um, or Chapman could be a player just with how hard he plays that could potentially break down a little bit. But I do think that, like, having him here is kind of better than not. And I, I think that there, there there is some kind of short-term thing that could be worked out. And if you just want to say to him, like, look, man, we know you were hurt last year. Um, we know that you got a little bit unlucky with barrel rates and all of that. Here's one at 27. Come on in, go to free agency next year, coming off of a, a, a monster season, and just kind of bet on yourself that way. I understand why he would want the, the long-term whatever, but it does feel like we've got to the point now in the process where it's fallen off. Um, not, not not for him, but just like the, the market value has fallen off. I do wonder where Blake Snell is going to go. Like Montgomery, the Rangers, it just feels so obvious. I don't know why it hasn't been done. Maybe Texas still worried about the Bally's deal um, and, and all of that, like just regional sports network in general. But it, it just, it feels like such a lock to me for Montgomery to the Rangers. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Snell, a lot of the talk was him to the Yankees. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the Yankee broadcast um, that we got for the Blue Jays game on Saturday and like the, the Yankees... Um, I'm not here to question journalistic integrity or anything like that. Um, but the Yankees, like, yes, is basically state-run media for the Yankees, right? Like, they own the network. Um, it's in the name. That's what the y in yes is. It's Yankees. And they were kind of talking down a Blake Snell contract, right? Like, they were saying, well, with the luxury tax and whatever, a $30 million contract is actually a $63 million contract. And so I just... If it was a foregone conclusion that Snell was going to the Yankees, I think they'd be talking it up a little bit more than justifying why it's not happening. Like, that felt... Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I'm probably reading too much into it. It just felt targeted, right? Like, it, it felt like they went out of their way to be like, you know what's not a smart idea? Signing Blake Snell. And so after that, like, where does he go, right? Like, the Angels, um, if, if Manoa struggles, bring him into Toronto. One year at 30, right? We're, we're throwing these contracts out all over the place. Um, I, 
I, I'm so surprised that that has stretched out here into this offseason, or into now the, this uh, spring training. All right, that is going to do it for the debut episode of the Catalan Autocast. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, you can find me on social media. I'm at PrimetimeKline on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. I'm going to be doing a lot of Blue Jay streams this year, whether it be uh, the classic. Again, this... I named this after a guy who played on the 2005 team. You know I play MVP Baseball 2005. Uh, so we're going to be playing that on Twitch, as well as the, the new MLB The Show game when it comes out. Um, make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, all of these are going to go under the same umbrella for now. If one of them is starting to do substantially better and it is uh, irresponsible for me to not have it on its own, then that might shift, but I'll let you know. Uh, but for now, all these podcasts are going to be under the Couch Potato Diary umbrella um so if you're just discovering this on youtube these are going to be available in podcast form as well just search couch potato diary wherever you get your podcasts thank you all so much i will talk to you about other sports tomorrow along with the blue jays but we'll have another catalan autocast next week have a wonderful night everyone